Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Today's podcast guest is Matt Morales, one of American producer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist team The Eleven, who have worked with J-Lo, Megan Trainer, Sean Kingston, and many, many more during their time. So welcome, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining. I know it's a bit early where you are. A little early. It's uh, 8 a.m. Um, it's one of those weird times. Not too early, but definitely early enough. Okay, early enough. Well, thank you so much. And whereabouts are you? In the studio? And are you in New York? Right now, I am home. Uh, I will be going to the studio in a little bit, just handling some things uh, here for, you know, real life, and then going into um, the studio to work on music and do what we love. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Awesome. And um, so what are you up to in the studio today? What is a typical day in your life looking like these days? And it's been a very trying year for everyone, as you called it off air, the, what did you call it, the bye year? Um, So what are you looking, what's your day looking like at the moment? So, I mean, day in, day out at the studio, um, we're super blessed. It's, It's different every day. We have sessions going on, songwriting sessions, production sessions. Uh, I also vocal produce. Um, so, uh, have clients coming in for that. Um, it is the holiday season. So we, uh, we actually released a holiday album, uh, with our friend Stevie Mackey last year. And so, mm-hmm. uh, t- uh, this year is kind of like part two, um, uh, with everything with that. So we're handling stuff with that. And I mean, it's just very different creative house is also very busy, uh, you know, besides what we're doing in terms of, uh, music, um, we've had different clients coming in, influencers, uh, you know, Spotify, uh, Food Network, using the space. So it's it's really cool. Every day, you know, it, it, it's completely different. You don't know what it's going to be like. Mm. Nice to have that variation then. And what a stunning space it is. If anyone wants to look it up, I guess it's uh, easiest way would be on your Instagram. Is that right? Creative House? Yes. Creative House LA is LA. our uh, handle on IG. And you can go there, check it out, and we have links where you can get a little more in-depth about us as Creative House, which is comprised of myself, my brother James, and our manager, Nils Gums. Mm, so a bit more um, about uh, yourself and your brother in particular. So you make up New York-based production team, The Eleven. And so before we get more into that side of things, I'd love to go back to your childhood, given that obviously your brothers, um, were you always really into music, yourself and James? and passionate about it and if so were you into the same stuff or completely different stuff yeah so uh as of three years ago we formerly new york based but as of three years ago now we are based in la um and uh i mean james and i it's 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 uh it's funny man i guess you would say it's kind of like uh our birthright you know music music's mm-hmm. our birthright our father uh, has always been a gigging uh, Latin percussionist and our mother, uh, an incredible singer. Uh, she sang mostly at church and so, you know, music was really instilled in us, uh, since we were babies. Um, and I, w- I mean, I would say like at home is where we really developed, um, you know, our passion for music, um, through osmosis from our parents. And, uh, you know, I mean, our, our dad, because of our father, we would wake up the rhythms and melodies of Latin music and usually accompanied by him uh, practicing uh, his timbales. And I would say, honestly, uh, school and church is probably 
where we uh, were exposed to, you know, classical music, jazz, and gospel music, which, I mean, definitely influenced us further and, like, helped develop different loves for different, uh, or different, love for different types of music, mm. I, think I should say. Mm. Okay, no, that's nice that you feel like it's almost by, I think you said osmosis, because um, sometimes I speak to people, and the more people I do speak to you kind of take for granted if you have a musical household. And I don't even mean if your parents can play an instrument or in a band. I just assumed that everyone had songs that they associate with their childhood or this reminds them of this. But lots of people don't have those connections to music, a few people that I know. And I find that really surprising because I was brought up just music on all the time. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a a really interesting point. No, I think it's, you know, like you said, not everyone, uh, you know, grows up with that. And we're, we're super fortunate and uh, honestly, you know, blessed to, to be exposed to so much music growing up, you know. Mm, absolutely. And can you remember um, what is the first piece of music you bought with your own money? I like asking this because uh, it's usually it can be cool or it's just super not cool. It's usually one or the other. So <laughs> what is yours? <laughs> well, uh, I'll let you be the judge of my okay, uh, answer okay. to that question. but. <laughs> It, it, it is a funny one. I, I honestly don't remember what grade it was. It was, I was in elementary school for sure. Uh, I, I had to have been like fourth or fifth grade. Actually, we can, you know, probably look up the year that uh, TLC uh, released Waterfalls because mm. that is actually the first single. Um, I bought it on cassette. And the backstory on that is uh, there were these two twins at our school. and. <laughs> They were they were a little bit of a hustlers, and so um, one of them had uh, a cassette of TLC uh, Waterfalls, and loved that song. You know, would hear it on the television all the time, and and he just so happened to be hustling a cassette at school and asking if anyone wanted to buy it. And so for five bucks, I uh, bought TLC's uh, single on cassette Waterfalls. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, they were little hustlers, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they side were. hustle. I love it. It's funny you should say that. So yeah. much and I was just yes. like, you know what? I got five bucks. Here you go. Yeah, good song. Yeah, that's a cool one. That's not um, a dorky one. I think you're fine with that one. That's a great tune. Still on all the time now on radio stations everywhere. So um, right, I just spoke right. to the... Um, the, the producer Neil Pogue of that um, last week or the week before and he also produced the horn, the horn part in that song under a different name so it was just really cool no to way. talk to him about how that came together and how it was controversial because you kind of sing along and you're like oh these lyrics are really dark aren't they actually especially for school right. kids singing along and you actually think about it right 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 no you're absolutely right that's amazing that you were able to interview him i know it was only recently so it's funny that oh, you should uh, mention that yeah. thank you him again okay i'll tell him i'll tell him about the cassette and the twins hustling as well i'm sure he'd find that really <laughs> funny <laughs> and um so then of course after that you must have become uh, naturally interested in you know the music production side of things given what you do now so when did you both become interested in that did you used to kind of mess around in some rudimentary form with music production when you were at home or something so yeah i mean i think uh to start off you know we we obviously became musicians first and um i I play trumpet and a little bit of keys and my brother uh incredible multi-instrumentalist he plays drums uh saxophone and piano um and i i think 
from there, you know, obviously, you know, you, you go to school, you, you go in band and uh, you, you start learning how to read music and, and everything. And um, I think that's what really laid the foundation in terms of like, you know, our love for music and wanting to find out more and more, like, how, how do you do this? You know, like, how, how is this even made? Like, we're hearing all this stuff and it's like, well, like this, this has, there's a process, right? You know, it just doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Right. And so, you know, it's funny coming as musicians, our father, you know, he, he always, he had a, a, a reel to reel tape machine. And so he, he would be playing, um, you know, a lot of salsa music. He had so many albums and he's such an incredible musician uh, having, having played with some of the top uh, Latin artists, you know, back in, back in his heyday. Um, so it was, it was fun, like seeing like, okay, cool. That you have all these devices. We grew up on cassettes and CDs and, and he, he, we were exposed to eight tracks and, and reel to reels from our father and everything. So it always, you know, sparked my interest on like, okay, cool. Like there, there is a, a way to get all this music down. Um, but I, I, to be honest, it, it, it didn't really occur to me till way later in life, uh, you know, when I went to college that, um, this, oh, okay. Like this can be an actual profession, you know? Um, and to my brother's credit and, and influence, uh, to me, you know, he, because he was a piano player and really, really incredible musician, you know, he had, uh, I remember, uh, growing up and seeing him in his room and he had a, a workstation. I, I forget uh, I remember he had the motif, the Yamaha motif, and um, but he he was always you know using it, and I would watch him, uh, you know, kind of doing track by track, uh, laying ideas down, and and I, I always thought it was so cool. Um, so I would say you know from there, and then computers got you know um, involved in our lives, and you know messing around with like Cakewalk and uh, Adobe, uh, what was it? Adobe Audition, I think. I, I, you know, I started like mm-hmm. chopping things up and making songs and making um, kind of like mash mashups, you know. Yeah. Um, so that I would say is like the earliest part of it. But I would say Berkeley, you know, uh, College of Music up in Boston, where my brother and myself went. He he actually went three years ahead of me, and um, that's where we really developed um, music production and audio engineering skills and what it took to really get uh, a body of work uh, recorded and, you know, out there in the world. And did you do the exact same, um, I guess, course or um, degree or whatever it was called at the time as your brother? Did you do the same as each other? So, yeah, so um, we both did um, the, the course at the time was called, or actually it's still called Music Production and Audio Engineering, MP&E. Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually, music production and engineering, um, and for short, it's MP&E. Mm, okay. um, and uh, in addition to that, James also uh, studied music business. Okay, cool. So I'm taking it is James a little bit older than you? Yes, we're three years apart. Three years apart. Yeah, I was wondering if there's any not um, rivalry, but siblings. I've got siblings. Was he like, oh, you're just copying me going to the same course? <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, I think we're, we're both, uh, we grew up playing sports, so you know, the competitive side of mm-hmm. us is definitely there, but, um, you know, I think one of the amazing things 
about working with family and uh and just honestly making music with your brothers that you know we 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 work in a way that at the end of the day, we're, we're there to serve the music, right? As, as any producer would say, it's like, you're, you're there to serve the artist and, and the vision and everything. And so uh, I think the biggest thing is, you know, working through, like, everyone leaves their ego outside the door. We come in and we come in as collaborators and, and we're here to make the best possible version of whatever song we're working on on that day. And so we have that understanding and, and we've grown so much, uh, you know, making music together, which is, you know, rare. And I feel like not a lot of people can uh, say that they were able to do that. Mm, yeah, agreed. And um, for the purposes of our listeners, so during um, James's time that he caught the attention of um, the producer Rodney um, Jerkins, so AKA Dark Child, which most people know him as, so he's obviously famous working with yeah. tons and tons of artists, particularly I think probably in the 90, like late 90s, early 2000s, really big success yeah. there with Destiny's Child, Whitney Houston, and you know up to more recently Lady Gaga and pretty much everyone in between. So, um, And then he went on to work with him in his studio in Atlantic City. So um, I'm just curious, did uh, anything that he picked up, um, James picked up, did that sort of carry over into the work that you've gone to do together? Did he learn any key pieces of advice from him or... Anything like that? Absolutely. Um, I mean, man, the, the, I remember when he, he told me about that happening. You know, he was a senior in, in college and Rodney came by to the, to the college and, uh, you know, asked him and his one of his best friends and my good friend. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. He asked um, <laughs> Rodney asked James, my brother. Rodney asked my brother. <laughs> yeah. uh, and one of his best friends, Devin Parker, uh, to come join him in Atlantic City. And uh, I was super, super excited for him. I, I, I think, you know, when when you're when you're in school, it, it, it's one thing you, you learn a lot of like what to do, what not to do, especially at Berkeley. You know, it's a safe place that you get to like really just kind of learn so much uh you're dealing with people and and learning how to manage them but also managing the creative process and you know it, it that's great you you learn that it's a safe space but the the biggest learning or the best learning you could do is when you're you know kind of thrown into the mix of everything right and so james was thrown in at probably at like the highest level because back then i mean like you know rodney was you know, he was killing it you know it was like i mean he, he james was exposed and, and heard early versions of of huge pop songs that we know today you know being in the studio with rodney jerkins and him working on deja vu for beyonce and mm-hmm. you know telephone with with uh, lady gaga and her you know so it's like it, i think there's nothing more valuable than being in the room seeing how these records are being made and and the process you know because not a lot of people understand the process of what it takes to go you know what it takes and what goes into a song from from Mm. start to finish um you know i I think that was really important for him to to have that exposure and and bring that to the 11 um and and bring it bring into what we do every day Mm. So that leads me very nicely onto the 11. So when was it that you decided to form 
this production group? Um, so ironically enough, it was 2011. Okay, um, nice. That, that, was, that was unintentional. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so where did the name but, come uh, from then? I didn't think to ask that as well. Okay, um, so the 11, um, so I'll give you a little backstory on that real quick. Um, so James, you know, had approached me and was like, hey, listen, what do you think about, you know, combining forces? At the time, I was working at um, Steve Rosenthal's studio called The Magic Shop in, in New York City. It was in Soho, New York, and pretty iconic um, studio. Um, and that's where I was, I was in, interning at the time, uh, as a, as an engineer. And, uh, basically, I mean, I, I was day in, day out. I mean, that's where David Bowie did his last album. So I, you know, I got to see how that was made. And, uh, Tony Visconti was a very like, uh, regular there, uh, Lenny Kravitz. I, so many people would walk through the doors and, um, and that's, kind of where I got my background in terms of seeing how music was made at, at, at that level um, and got even a chance to work on um, Arcade Fire's uh, The Suburbs album, which they won a Grammy for. Um, and that, that was actually a really eye-opening experience and see how they collaborate as a band, which, um, you know, if you don't know how The Eleven works, uh, we kind of just jam out on our laptops. It's, you know, me, myself, myself, James, and we have a, a producer and a longtime friend, Gio uh, Ponce, who's um, been working with us. And uh, so it, it was cool to see that dynamic between like all these bands that would come in in the magic shop and, and really, uh, you know, see how that was uh, done and made. And so uh, going back to your original question, James, you know, knew that I was engineering and producing and uh, in New York and in the city. And he was uh, doing uh, actually a musical director at the church we were going to and uh, working on music production with indie artists and well as well. So he was just like, hey, let's just combine forces and, and do this together. And uh, we asked uh, two of our other buddies at the time, they were uh, members of the 11, David Rodriguez and um, uh, Dre Garcia. So it was originally four of us that um, were, that made up the 11. And uh, Dave was an incredible, uh, is an incredible guitar player and producer. And, and uh, Dre has a, a background in um, DJing and an incredible uh, hip hop producer as well. And so we kind of just like, all right, well, let's combine all our talents and, and see what happens. And it was funny when we started it and we were like, all right, cool. We have to come up with a name. Right. Uh, so the 11 came, uh, came about because um, at the time from 2011 up into uh, what did I say three years ago, we're in 2021 to 2019, 18. So, up until 2018, you know, the 11 was a New York based, um, production group. So we wanted to find a name that kind of represented New York. And I know you're probably asking like, what, what, uh, how, did, how does the 11 represent New York? So, <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we were just going through a bunch of names and at one point, you know, we were like, oh, we're a crew. Uh, I forget who said it. Um, I think it was Dre that said, 
oh, like, oh, like Ocean's Eleven, you know, like we're a crew, like Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or James, James had said seven or something, I think, uh, mentioned like a number. And then, uh, and then we said Ocean's Eleven. And then we're like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then we just happened to look at uh, the number 11 and what it represented, um, kind of, you know, make our name very deep and figure sure. out yeah. why, why this all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so what, what we discovered, uh, the main point is that uh, New York was the 11th uh, state inducted into the union of, of the 13 states. So mm-hmm. it was like, it was like, okay, cool. Awesome. That checks that box. and then. Uh, the number 11 is, is seen as from math, from a mathematician standpoint is like the highest level of creativity. It's like 10 plus one and all these like cool um, uh, alternate meanings. And so we were just like, you know what, this, this seems awesome. Let's just call ourselves the 11. A lot of people always think there's 11, 11 of, of us in the group. Mm-hmm. And I always make the joke. It's like hunger games, the, you know, the eight others didn't make it. So <laughs> The 11th district. Well, I'm glad you managed to find a meaning to your name (laughs) so you could uh, tell everyone it meant something deep. No, that's good. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't think there were 11 of you, though. I thought that'd be a bit intense in the studio, maybe at one time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Every session, everyone's like, so where are the rest of you guys? I'm like, yeah, it's it's the rest of It's just us. (laughs) Yeah, just us today. And just the vein, too. So, um, what do you each bring to the eleven? Uh, I know there's uh do you say there's just two of you now, you and your brother and uh, another producer, but how do you complement each other? Um that's a great question. Uh I think we all hear differently. I think given the fact that, you know, James uh he's usually on keys. Um so he's thinking from chordal, from a chordal standpoint. Um and Gio, who's with us now, uh, he's an incredible bass player and, and guitar player and keys player, as well as um, uh, a fantastic um, um, uh, drum programmer. Uh, I think the, the 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 them being the the foundation of the rhythm uh, section, I, I guess you would say, and then me coming from a melodic background because as, as a trumpet player, you know, you're only able to play one note at a time. Um, I, I, it, it really, it's cool to see the process of how we're all thinking and hearing because we're all able to speak into everything that's going on. Uh, but it's coming from an influence uh, that's very different and, and, and a very, um, unique way of hearing uh, everything that we're doing. So I, I would say, you know, and given the fact that, uh, you know, James is a drummer and, and, and piano player, and I have the background in terms of uh, engineering and vocal production and, and Gio being a bass player. I mean, he, he's on tour with Jay Balvin, who's, you know, arguably mm. one of the biggest uh, pop stars of our time right now. And so um, you know, he, he, he brings incredible value as a bass player and guitar player, um, to the table. So it, it, it's, it, it truly is like a band, uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but when we're, when we're vibing out, it's literally everyone just picking up a sound and adding it to the mix. And you all of a sudden within, you know, 20, 30 minutes, you have a fully, probably way more, uh, instrumentation than you need, but like a fully fleshed out, uh, idea, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Cool. And um, who was your first big client or big artist that you had come in? Uh, as the 11, um, our first big client was Sean Kingston. Um, oh, cool. Like, yeah. Uh, I'll never forget. It was a, a, a song we did with Sean and it featured Cher Lloyd. Um, and that was called Rum and Ray Bands. Um, so as the 11, I would say that that's our, our first biggest, uh, our first big client. Okay, nice. I, um, I remember Cher Lloyd, actually. She's from the X Factor, isn't she, in the UK? She is. She is. Yeah, yeah. She was, um, she had a big song at the time. Um, and, and Sean Kingston and her shared uh, a label together. They were on Epic. And so um, when we got the news that they were uh, taking the song that we worked on, it was like, couldn't believe it it was like everything kind of all happened at the same time we inked our management deal uh we got our publishing deal with sony and we got a song deal with epic records uh all within like a few months of each other uh because of that song mm, yeah that's incredible um and um again you know this for, for the purposes of our listeners so you've worked with megan trainer Carmen, as you said, Sean Kingston, Cher Lloyd together, Jesse McCartney, uh, The Wanted, well, tons and tons of artists, but um, have you got a particular session that stands out to you so far as one of your favourites? Or anyone that you just love uh, to work with? Yeah, I mean, it, we've been fortunate to be in the room with, with so many incredible artists. And um, I mean, Megan became like, you know, a little sister to us we mm. have like 30 plus songs with her so when great we first, songwriter isn't she yeah when we first started working with her you know she was 18 years old um still living in nantucket and uh, she would actually travel we actually met because of uh the sean kingston song we ended up doing a writing camp in la and at the time uh mike flynn was at epic records and he was like you gotta work with this girl megan she's amazing um, and so she came in just as a songwriter and we did like a whole week just writing for Sean Kingston. And that's where we kind of developed that relationship. And, you know, when we found out she was on the East coast, um, you know, she found out we were in New York, she would travel, uh, back and forth from, you know, her hometown to New York and we would just camp out and make songs together. And, uh, you know, it, it, I would say those were some incredible sessions because she was so young and you saw the drive, you saw the, the talent that she had, um, you know, she's, she's so versatile. And I, I think, you know, definitely one of the greatest uh, producers, artists, songwriters we've worked with. Um, she, she can really do it all, you know, seeing her work logic and record of vocals and, and everything. It, it was just really incredible. And I would say, you know, her and, and then, uh, to, to the the next one I would say that is pretty high up there is um we did a song with Celine Dion um oh okay and, you snuck that one and, in sneakily Celine Dion <laughs> the queen yeah I mean you know just just growing up you know yeah. Celine Dion was she's she's an icon right oh yeah and, and her voice uh, is still sensational yeah yeah and and she's just like honestly like being in the studio with her was probably top top three moments uh, of our career and she's such a, an amazing person she's so funny like she's like the, a goofball like you would never expect yeah. it but she's such a goofball and um uh, I, 
we we produced the song um and found out she wanted to record it and found out that she only like you know a lot of times you artists they have their people and you know you send them the song and they, they record it and send you the files back um but in this case celine always likes to work with the producers that made the song so we had to fly out to vegas um had to right you, know, you had, had to, to no to choice vegas. sounds terrible yeah it sounds really really bad we had to stay at the palms <laughs> and you know be in the studio till the wee hours of the night with Celine Dion. <laughs> now that that was really cool because I, I think what you learn is that every artist is is ultimately human, right? We're we're all humans. And so I'll never forget there was one moment in the studio and you know it's she has two engineers. Uh she has her monitoring engineer uh just literally working the the console for her monitors and then she has her Pro Tools op and tracking engineer. And uh, her managers are in the back of the room. It's uh, like, you know, so it's a pretty full room. We're all in there. Our manager's in there. And so at one point, you know, she she was uh, going through some takes and it just seemed like there was like some second guessing on a part. And and then, you know, she was just like, I don't, I don't know if I can really nail this one part, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's saying that to me and I'm just listening. And in my head, I'm just like, holy crap, that Celine Dion is saying, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know about this one part. And at that point, you know, like as, as every great uh, producer or coach, and you have to kind of rally the team sometimes. And I just went on the talk back and I was like, uh, you're Celine Dion, you can do this. And she would just like, oh my God, I'm Celine Dion. Yes, I can do this. And and she nailed it. The next take, she nailed the line and, and it was like no hiccups. And, and you know, it's funny because I, I'll always remember that that moment. And it's just like it just goes to show you no matter who you are and how big you are, we all have vulnerable moments and we're all not perfect all the time. And so it's just working through that. And I think that's one of the biggest processes process processes but uh in in the creative uh world you know how do you work through the hiccups the road bumps and uh uh and and just navigate to eventually get to the finish line you know mm, yeah and i love that you said come on you're celine dion that's exactly what i was thinking you must say and i'm glad that you did what do you mean if you can't do it no one can and yeah, her voice <laughs> I, is amazing yeah it was a stream of consciousness consciousness. I didn't even like think I just reacted and, and that's not really my, my uh, style. Yeah. That's out of, yeah, that's out of character for me. And so, but it was just like, I just couldn't believe it. I just pushed the button and said it. I don't know. In, in retrospect, like I, maybe, uh, I don't know. I shouldn't have done it, but it, I think it she liked it. it. She loved it. She loved it. <laughs> well, you're right. She is a character as well. I saw her two years ago in uh, Hyde Park in London at, open air concert in the summer it was amazing you can imagine everyone singing along just great atmosphere amazing songs that she's got and she's just very funny and quite quirky I suppose would be the way to put it in between her songs she really is the whole time you know uh I had to be in the hot seat so she was she felt a type of way I think um about me you know this young kid telling her like you know what to do and how to do it and so the whole time she was she would just respond, I'm going to call your mother. I'm going to call your mother. <laughs> she just kept saying that the whole time. We actually have a great picture. And there were, you know, I don't know what happened, but there was like a, a bowl of fruit 
in the room. And so we all grabbed the banana and held it to our ears. Like we were on the phone because the inside joke was, she kept saying, I'm going to call your mother. <laughs> I'd give her the phone. My mom would love that. <laughs> I know. I know. If it dying. wasn't so late, I, I would have called my mom right then and there and be like, here's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi. Like 2 a.m. Yeah. LA time. So. All right, Celine, I'll take her call anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what about, so you do um, production obviously and some songwriting I've seen as well. So, um, what do you find yourself doing more of? I would say in the room we're we're doing more uh, more of the production. I think because uh, we are, you know, musicians and melodies and everything are, are that's 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 super easy. We are part of the songwriting process, just kind of naturally, um, just kind of helping with lyrics and uh, and and a lot of melodies and everything. But you know, we always approach it we love we love what people do and what they bring to the table and so we want people to freely explore what it is that they do and 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 so when we're working with songwriters and artists that are also songwriters you know we always kind of let them guide in terms of the songwriting and we're always trying to guide into production and obviously being uh, sensitive to what they are wanting the and you know result to be and so it, it, it's it's a very collaborative uh, effort, I would say, when you're in the room with us, uh, just because we are all musicians. Mm, absolutely. And um, so you yourself and James, as you know, um, you own Creative House Studio in LA, um, which is built to host creatives that require sound stages, recording, broadcast facilities. Plus, like we said earlier, it's a really cool, modern, like open space. Um, really, I can imagine you can kind of get the creative juices flowing there. So when did you decide to make the move to opening your own studio? Um, it's funny. I, uh, the space that you see now, you know, who knows if we would have actually been in there if the pandemic didn't happen. Right. Um, we were, we had a studio in, um, in West Hollywood, um, right around the corner from like iconic, the iconic troubadour venue. And mm-hmm. I mean, the rocks, it was also right up the street. And so it was a really, really great location. Um, it was actually, um, one of three, um, townhouses that were like musical townhouses. Max Martin had, um, all of them and he had all his people working in them. And then we ended up, uh, work, uh, acquiring one of them and set up shop in there. And, um, you know, pandemic hit and, you know, stay at home orders happened. And, uh, you know, we love the space. It was an awesome, amazing space. And that's kind of where the idea of Creative House was birthed. And mm-hmm. we started hosting events there. We had art shows. We had So Far Sounds uh, shows there. And, you know, obviously we were using it as our music uh, production and recording studio. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately pandemic hit and we were just like, all right, well, we don't know how long this is going to be. Um, we decided to let it go. Um, and, and also the fact that it was tucked into an, uh, a residential neighborhood. And, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately the two other townhouses ended up, uh, becoming actual residential, like, you know, tenants. And so the, the, music at 2 a.m. was no longer accepted <laughs> by our neighbors. Right, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, with that and, and COVID kind of shutting everything down, we, we decided just to, to 
leave the studio. And uh, we literally left that place and um, we were like, all right, we need to find uh, like our own like building. And so uh, our managers, business partners with Tyler Bacon, and he has a company that's on the same lot as Creative House called Position Music. And um, they just so happened to have um, a small warehouse that was available. They were renting it out because they were going to uh, expand their their building and have A and R's in that building. But because of the pandemic, um, he kind of put a, Tyler put a, a halt to that plan. And you know, we asked him, "Hey, you know, we know that you have plans for this uh, building, but do you mind if we kind of set up shop in here?" um and and you know rent it out from you and and kind of see how this goes and you know he definitely was open to the idea there was some hesitation because obviously he had his own plans for it but um i think he was curious um to see what we were going to do with it and so we built it out um last may uh not last uh, so may of 2020 um that's when we kind of started construction built it out to be uh, a proper recording studio where you have a control room and a live room and uh, kind of keeping it still in the very industrial way it, it kind of the vibe already had. Um, so it's, it's not your typical like full fledged recording studio. We kind of wanted to keep the charm of it and the way it, uh, it, it actually was, cause that's what appealed to us in, in the beginning. So if you look at the pictures, it has beautiful, like, wood, you know, lofted ceilings and which helped with the acoustics and, and everything. So we, we got incredible recordings in there. But um, last May is when we broke ground, I guess you could say, and, and started building up and making it what it is and how you see it now. Okay. And um, I've seen that one of the artists you work with there is J-Lo. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. We we oh, have nice. worked with uh, Jennifer a couple of times, actually. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, the first time we we worked with Jennifer, we did a remix of a song. Um, she had a song called Dinero uh, with Party B and DJ Khaled. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, that was really cool because we got to do that remix with uh, a good friend of ours who's also an incredible artist and producer. His name's Cade. And uh, Cade, Cade's super talented. He he had a huge remix uh, with Maggie Lindenman, and uh, I think she's UK based too, and um, and Cheat Codes. And so we mm-hmm. got to do a few remixes with him, and Dinero was one of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you fast forward last year, I, I mentioned that holiday album. Uh, fast forward to last year, we made a holiday album with our friend Stevie Mackey. And um, Stevie Mackey is you know, like one of the sickest vocalist alive if you don't know him look him up um he's also an incredible vocal coach and has a vocal coach on um, the voice and he's his clients include like chris martin jennifer lopez Mm -hmm. jojo like i mean the list just goes on it's like insane who he works with and uh, we wanted to make a holiday album with him and uh you know we were able to secure jennifer as a feature on the song it's the most wonderful time of the year uh which is really really great and it came out amazing it's like a big band jazz version of the song and uh she doesn't really have any holiday music out there so it was a a real treat for her and we actually got to do a music video for it at the grove which is a iconic shopping uh, plaza here in la 
and um, you know, shameless plug, you know, go stream the most wonderful time by Stevie Mackey. Well, it's um, the time it's now or never it's December. Why the hell not? It's the holiday season. So I'm doing a shameless plug here, you know, but uh, you yeah, know, definitely check it out because it, it, it's really an incredible body of work and it features boys to men. Uh, that was awesome working with them and, and take six iconic uh, acapella, uh, take five iconic acapella group and Jojo's on it. Uh, I, I mean, Shalea, and she's, it, it's just, it's, it's incredible. You should definitely check it out if you haven't. Oh, well, oh, amazing artists on that then. Yeah. Incredible. Jojo. Yeah. I forgot about her. Fantastic voice. Yeah. She's, she's super fun to work with too. Yeah. I'll bet. Um, okay, cool. So I know that soon, well, unless you've already done it. So you're hosting a songwriting camp soon. Um, or, or have you already just done that? I, that actually got moved. Okay. Um, so yeah, we are going to be hosting a, a songwriting camp with Neon 16 in the near future. Um, we were trying to time it uh, around the Latin Grammys and um, we're just working everything out probably now from uh, around the, the Grammys um, around that time. Uh, we're just securing uh, additional uh, sponsors mm. and, and partners uh, okay. for the camp. And um, will this be straight up songwriting or do you offer any advice and take um, maybe a Q&A session? This would be strictly uh, songwriting. So this this is kind of a unique uh, moment because um, we've been getting more and more involved in the uh, Latin music scene, um, which is which is uh, I mean, honestly is, it's great because uh, not only is it the biggest uh, you know, music right now and globally, it's, uh, you know, it's something close to our hearts. You know, we, we grew up, we're Latinos and, you know, we're of Puerto Rican descent. And um, so it, it's really cool to tap into that because, uh, you know, we, we tapped into the professional music uh, career that we have uh, on the pop side of things, you know, so it's cool to, to blend um, what we know, making pop music and obviously what's innate in us in terms of Latin music and kind of bring the two worlds together. So there's never really been a writing camp where you have like the top Latin producers uh, and the top, um, you know, Western uh, and American songwriters coming together and combining forces. And so uh, that's kind of the purpose of this uh, writing camp that we're doing with Neon 16. Okay. is to to blend the worlds and and have the top songwriters and producers from each world come together and make music together and it's it's really cool because it's it's never happened before. Okay, cool. And do you know yet where it's going to be held? Will it be held in um somewhere in Latin America or just in the US? Oh, no, it, it we're hosting it. So it's going to be held at Creative House. Oh, and, cool. Okay. Yeah, and and on our lot and we have the studios, uh, we have access to Position Music's uh, studio so we we have uh, a few rooms that are going to be going uh, simultaneously okay i didn't know if you ever went on the road and did a touring uh songwriting camp or something <laughs> no we we definitely do that we do that all the time and you know uh we're supposed to be going to columbia real soon uh we just got back from uh we were in uh, miami uh doing a songwriting camp out there which obviously miami is a huge hub for latin music and so um yeah that that happens all the time 
Mm, okay, okay. And uh, so we need to get onto the kit because our listeners and our readers uh, absolutely love to hear all about this and everything to do with music production. Um, so I know you're keen Focusrite users. So let's start with um, how long have you been using their stuff and why? Um, you know, I think it's been, if it's not a year already, it's been close to a year that uh, we've incorporated Focusrite into our studio. Um, honestly, it, it wasn't on the radar. You know, we actually, when we were building out the studio, um, you know, we had uh, other interfaces in mind and, and other workflows. And then, um, you know, got in touch with uh, Tom over at Focusrite. And he was, uh, you know, super, super excited about Creative House. And, and when he started explaining, you know, the RedNet series, um, uh, you know, it's, it's specifically the, the Pro RedNet 16 line that we have in our studio and the Focusrite Pro MP8R, uh, I was just like, you know what, this is really, really cool because the way we were approaching it, um, you know, we want Creative House to be a limitless place, right? You know, no matter what you want to do, if you want to host a podcast, a live stream or a recording session, you know, you, you can do it there. And so when he started explaining like the Dante capabilities of the RedNet and, um, you know, the, the, um, the application that comes with it um, and the way you can route things. And, and I mean, you can really build a, a super, super customizable setup with the hardware and software. And so I was just like, you know what, let's do it. Let's go for it. And I'm so glad that we, we did that because, because of the nature of our business and the, and the nature of Creative House and all the different things we do it's it's such a workhorse and and the focus right hardware is just it's perfect for what we do okay wonderful all right shout out to tom then for hooking you up with all the best bits for your, um, <laughs> for your studio so you said you've got pro rednet 16 line and a pro mp8r why was yeah. it that you got these two in particular about them suits your workflow and what you're doing um I would say again the the Dante capabilities. So um, because things move around a lot in our space, uh, you know the the MP8R is a great uh, eight channel mic pre, and you know you got only one cable Ethernet, boom, right into the sixteen line. Um, that 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 makes it pretty pretty uh, attractive, and I mean just the capabilities like the red. We haven't even explored all the things that it can handle like, you know, uh, like Atmos, you know, we, we don't have Atmos set up right now, you know, working in stereo, but um, it's just so robust. I, I think it's just really great. I had the, the mic pre's and the conversion super clean. Everything's just sounds really great. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't think of anything else that would have made sense for us, you know? Mm, absolutely. I'm wondering now, hearing you talk, what did you do without these? Before that, you know, we yeah. we we had the um, Apollo, um, and it's funny now we have the Apollo just uh, digitally going into the um, the RedNet. Um, so the Apollo now kind of acts as a hub for all of like our synthesizers that we have and all of our laptops. They kind of all feed the Apollo, and then we run that ADAT into the, the Focusrite 16 line. Um, so we were using that before, mm. but, um, but yeah, given uh, the applications for, for creative house, um, 
you know, there's there's really no turning back. Mm. And I was going to ask you about immersive audio, but you've just said um, you're not quite set up for that yet. Is that something you're going to consider in future? And then because obviously you've got the Redneck gear in there that can totally handle the immersive side of things. Um, as of right now, uh, yeah, we, we don't have anything set up for Atmos and immersive audio. Um, I think, I think the, the goal is to be, uh, a one-stop shop. And so I, uh, you know, we would love to incorporate that into the future. Um, and that's definitely a plan. Uh, I, I would love, you know, for a bigger space and, uh, you know, we're, we're continuously figuring out ways how to expand creative house and, um, you know, not only physically, but, you know, uh, gear wise. And so, uh, I mean, we have the capabilities, right. It's just a matter of setting it up. So I think that's something that we definitely want to explore in the near future. Mm, okay. And, um, obviously the red 16 line, this is a 64 in 64 out, um, Pro Tools HD and dual Thunderbolt three audio interface. So given all its capabilities, you've said you haven't quite, you know, made use of all of them yet. There are that many, but, um, what kind of things can you see yourself being able to do with this? Um, or have you been able to do so far? Because of all the ins and outs and, and the routing capabilities, it's like, you know, usually we're working with vocalists, you know, on the music side of things. And so it's pretty easy, you know, you just need one, one channel, maybe, you know, two channels at a time, but um, with, with this setup, I mean, we're, we're really equipped to do, I mean, we want to do an orchestra. We could probably do an orchestra in our space, <laughs> not a, not a big one. Cause we don't, it's not that big, but, uh, I think what's great is, you know, we, we're all able to jam out and like as a band, um, and have all the musicians that we have coming into our sessions, uh, plug in and, and easily just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really, really just great in terms of uh, being able to have as many routing options as possible and get super clean recordings and the redneck control software, it, the routing, it, you got to be careful because it's so customizable <laughs> that, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty robust and amazing. Uh, so once I got that set up uh, with routing and, and live streaming, we do a lot of zoom sessions too. And, um, you know, a lot of people were using like an audio bridge for that. and the way we we've been able to do it we have different mixes going to zoom different mixes for the in the control room and different mixes in the live room um you know going out to the vocalist so it, it's really cool that that can all be handled in the redneck control software you know fantastic to know that you're getting on so well with it um and you're about to get a load of novation gear soon as well aren't you Yes, yes, we're looking forward to to having Novation be uh, a part of the studio as well. Are yeah, you going to be fully kitted out then? I expect you'll be inundated with work uh, before long, or if you if you aren't already, you probably are. No, totally. I think um, you know Novation has some pretty pretty awesome uh, synths and obviously MIDI controllers, and so we're excited to throw those into the mix of our music production um you know we're we're always tinkering and tweaking uh new toys and so it's, it's fun to have and uh, we also just got like the isa one the focus right isa nice uh one mic pre and so we've been having fun running like bass through that as well and so it's always it's fun to get new toys right oh yeah absolutely um the isa one so um what else have you been using that for mainly bass okay 
Um, I do love the feature that you can blend signals. And so, um, you know, that I, I, what I would love to really start incorporating is when we uh, have like showcases, uh, like artist showcases, you know, kind of incorporating that on the live side too, where you can have like a vocalist and a guitar player, you know, running through that simultaneously, um, getting a really, really cool, uh, clean sound. And so I thought that would be really cool. But as of right now, we're, we're using it as a standalone mic pre and usually bass that's going through it. Okay, fair enough. And um, so what about, I know we're kind of getting close to the end of the year. We've mentioned Christmas songs and the Christmas album you've been working on. So you got much on the rest of the year? Are you kind of winding down? Have you got anything exciting coming up you can talk about? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's always something, right? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, right now we are, because of the holiday season, <clears throat> we are in like a full holiday album part two mode and just really making sure that um, this holiday album that we made last year with Stevie Mackey, um, you know, is just getting as much exposure as possible. And um, so we're really focused on that. We're, we're focused on a, a new single from it called hung up on you. And that one has Jojo on it. And so um, finalizing uh, some content and video for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're still writing and, and producing every day. And um, there's a lot of artists that we're currently working with um, that we're super excited about um, developing. I think, I think we're most excited right now about the artists that we're having the opportunity to, to develop and really kind of take under our wing and, and really give them a sound that uh, represents them uh, and, and, and they're excited to release into the world, you know? Mm, okay. Yeah. That does sound really exciting. It's nice that you can kind of nurture this other talent as well. Um, just to see what, what you can push forward there. That's great. Yes. Yeah. No, it's, it's really awesome to, to work, you know, it's great to work with the, the legends and the, and the the hot you know artists at the time. But it's also uh, you know pretty amazing when you get to work with new uh, talent that is just incredible and just you know you can really help guide and and nurture um, because you know there's nothing rewarding than seeing them kind of like be released into the world and this have this amazing body of work that. You were uh, able to be a part of, you know. Mm, yeah, it must be a really nice feeling. Um, okay, uh, well, it's uh, it's been almost an hour, and it's still early for you. So, I think I'm going to uh, officially release you, Matt, and you may go and get a copy. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us on this podcast today. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you about all the amazing work you're doing with these artists, um, uh, legends, and new, as you've said, and all the kit you're using, and just a bit about your. Uh, kind of musical um, career so far and upbringing. It's been really, really interesting. So thank you so much. No, thank you, Alice. It's, it's really been a pleasure sitting down and talking to you uh, about what we're doing here at Creative House and, you know, looking forward to all the, the future things that we can do here and with Focus Right and Ovation. And, uh, you know, feel free in the future. You want to hit us up again? We'll be more than happy to share where we're at at that time. Okay, we would love that. Was your dog? Was that your dog right at the end? He'd been quiet he for so long. <laughs> I think I think he knew we were signing off. And he, he just did. To get one little, I like that he gave a little uh, a little pop up there. So <laughs> shout out to Smalls. It was Smalls, wasn't it? 
Yes, yes, it was. Which is your lovely dog. Okay, I'm going to let you go. Uh, you clearly uh, need it elsewhere as well. Your dog wants attention, quite rightly. <laughs> so um, have a wonderful day, and I will speak to you soon, Matt. You as well. Thank you so much, Alice. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.